Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This week's Work of the Week from the Crawford Art Gallery has presented me and assistant curator Michael Waldron with quite a challenge in terms of description. The challenge always has been to paint a picture and build an understanding for anyone tuning in with their mind's eye every week. So I rang Michael early on this week, full of the joys of life because the sun was still shining. Michael, it's an actually fine day for getting out and about. But in the meantime, you can give your eyes a little bit of an exercise as well by looking at this week's work of the week. And it is quite, quite abstract. The artist is Catherine Boucher Boyg, West Cork based, and the piece is called Entering. It's a very, very beautiful work and I think really compelling. Mm. A series of questions come to mind. Yeah. What am I looking at? What are the forms? Why the certain colours? What does it make me feel? All those sorts of things. Now, before you go any further, during the week, myself and Elmarie were watching a programme that I recorded late and we were watching the recording of it the following day. And it was called Travelling Blind. And the London comedian Sarah Pascoe had been invited to go on holidays with the blind traveller Amar Latif and she had to discover a whole new language of description for this guy because that's basically how he was seeing the world since he was blind, since he was 18 and he was now in his 40s. So she was his eyes, she was his companion and they made a documentary about it and it actually literally opened her eyes as well in terms of how we use language to describe what we can see to those who can't see. This is effectively our job this morning. Some people who are listening to us cannot see what we're looking at and we have to come up with a whole new vocabulary to try and describe art over the radio which is what we've been doing for the last 30 episodes now. The interesting thing is the first word that comes to my mind when I look at this is the word blackboard. To begin with that's how the artist treated this body of work and these canvases. Essentially she would begin the process you know a dark canvas so painted in in this case was sort of a, a dark dark green upon that using pastels to to kind of make shapes and forms and actually sometimes she would close her eyes oh. so that she would be able to follow the line and 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 sort of sketch form without actually kind of consciously seeing it it was a sort of a a practice or a technique of trying to let other parts of her her psyche speak 
or 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 form shapes. That's amazing because when I was giving my you know example of the documentary called Traveling Blind, here's a painter who literally part of her process is to paint blind and to use other parts of her senses to to develop the work. Yes, because I suppose I suppose when we describe something, a sighted person describing something, we often use eye-based or visual-based expressions. Yeah. And it's interesting, the artist herself, when, when doing this body of work back in 1993, part of that practice was to let other parts of her express through the hand, but not necessarily always through the eye. Yeah. So she, she did treat these canvases like blackboards yeah. because the, the nature of pastel that she was making these shapes with and these marks, yeah. pastel could be erased. So like a blackboard, it could be a testing ground, you know, trying things and if they were successful, continue with that and make them more permanent. Or if they were less successful, then erase them. The next thing that I learned from listening to this documentary was Sarah Pascoe learned that she had to slowly build up a picture of what she was looking at, say, from the top of a mountain, the most extraordinary landscape in Turkey. It was like peaks of cream, these amazing prehistoric mountains that were literally hewn out of the earth. And she learned how to slowly build up a picture, which is what we have to do as well here this morning, using audio only to build up a picture for listeners who can't see what we're looking at. And the next thing that I was looking at after the layer of blackboard, which was the background, was some of the marks that were made on this looked very childlike. And that's a very interesting point. So I, I suppose I'll d- describe some of it. Yeah. So if we imagine this sort of blackboard as its ground, we're looking at a, a rectangular canvas, so in kind of landscape orientation, wider than it is tall. Yeah. And this blackboard is essentially, it's a very dark green, almost it's blue coming through. Yeah. Predominantly very narrow, almost scratchy white lines. And they're not perfectly straight you know mm. there's a wobble to them and and they do feel like perhaps something more childlike yeah and at the time the artist was considering childhood this body of work was derived from car drawings that she made she remembered as a child getting into trouble for writing words on a piece of furniture huh. <laughs> outside and this bubbled up to the surface later on in the 1990s and she, on a snowy morning, she went out to a rusty old car that was near where she lived and she started to make chalk drawings on the car and she photographed that and that was the basis then for the body of work that was produced. That scratchiness does feel like chalk has been moving over a blackboard, yeah. you know, very thin, slightly wobbly lines and it is abstract. We might towards the left-hand side, something that looks like an A-frame or a double A-frame structure, perhaps. And then uh, a diagonal white line crosses the centre of the painting. And then we come to this quite jagged-looking red form. Beside that, in the top right-hand corner, we have almost a wash of white, almost as if it was the snow that the artist walked through to this rusty car. So perhaps the the red is the rusty car. Who knows? 
Ah, I see what you mean now. Because the only colour there is this rusty red. And behind that then, of course, is the only other bit of relief that you can get from the blackboard as such is that kind of snowy whiteness up in the top right-hand corner. Again, isn't it so hard to try and describe this to somebody who just can't see it? And even for people who can see it, the next step then is to give it some sort of meaning. But I wonder, that begs a question itself. Does every work of art have to have a meaning? Does it have to be descriptive? Does it have to be something? I think certainly not. I think, of course, with this painting, the artist had an intention Mm. working through, in a body of work, certain ideas, and we might appreciate it through the artist's intention, through what the artist has said about the work. But we may also just sit with this. For me, it's not necessarily a very restful painting. In in some cases, it does feel slightly violent. It's jagged. It's not comfortable to the eye. No, and I, I I think that's the beauty of art as well, that, you know, we don't always have to square things away as being... Yeah neatly packaged and, and pleasant <laughs> and nice and, and just so. Sometimes, uh, you know, <laughs> something that feels a little bit more raw that connects with us and yeah. we kind of go, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Or, um, and so it, from that perspective, I think we don't always need to know a biography of an artist or the background, the context to work. Yeah. We can problem solve ourselves. Okay. Or maybe we just leave our mind wash over it and maybe our mind will be taken somewhere through the painting. Does it leave you with a feeling after having seen it? Do you walk away with some sort of a feeling? I find it quite memorable. Okay. It kind of sticks with me in that way. Thankfully, I've been able to correspond with the artist about it and to learn more. But what's really interesting is that I'm left with questions. I'm someone who who often likes to to know answers, (laughs) but I actually am quite content knowing that I don't fully grasp this uh, this painting from the perspective of the artist. Yeah. Because the artist herself has said that it, it was sort of a public airing of a private or secret language that she had developed over years. Ah. And so it's our connection with that secret language. And we don't, of course, have the full vocabulary. Okay. We might be able to interpret or understand aspects. Okay. Um, but will we ever fully know? So I, I like that mystery. I mean, I suppose maybe the clue about it is it, it looks sketchy at times um, and it kind of reminds you of what artists would normally do with a work in progress, you know, take pieces from a sketchbook and then work on that some months later. In a way, this looks like maybe what she uses in her sketchbooks is part of her language and she's decided to keep that for the want of a better word, that vocabulary of our sketchbook and make that part of the finished work. This was a product of a lot of sketchbook work. Artist sketchbooks can often be very private. We can think of them almost like a diary or a journal. Some artists will exhibit them or show them and others will keep them to themselves because it's their working out, it's their thinking. And it can also sometimes be very deeply personal. Even though, you know, on site we might not be able to understand what that means. And I think in this case, we are being given an invitation or uh, an entry point into that, but only so far. And that's the name of the piece. It's called, quite simply, it's a one-word title, Entering. 
And is that what we're doing? We're entering her world. She also is interested in things like psychology and therapy. So if you throw all of these into the bag, you start to get a feel as to why this is here and why we've been invited to enter into this contract with her to to start to maybe decipher a little bit of the language that she's created over a lifetime. An extraordinary piece altogether. If they want to see it for themselves, just go online to crawfordartgallery.ie forward slash work of the week and you can begin your own voyage of uncovering and discovery with this week's work of the week. Michael, again, thank you. Thanks a million, Connor. When Michael told me that Catherine Boucher Boyg used to close her eyes and paint blind, it was an amazing coincidence because I'd mentioned the documentary film Travelling Blind. So I leave the last word to our blind traveller. Amar Latif, who in the company of Sarah Pascoe, got to see the world through her eyes. It's been almost over 20 years since I lost my sight. And I'm just worried that I'm beginning to forget the way things look. So would it be harder to build a picture in your mind? Oh, massively. I mean, right now you're, you know, I'm able to just about get an idea of things that you describe but like it's just been so long since I've seen yeah welcome where are we? <laughs> Cappadocia our hot air balloon are we going on one? this one? shit you're joking we're off it's such a... We're floating up. Amazing sensation. It's so it? gentle, isn't it? So, so gentle. Right. Of us, like a constellation of stars. There are all the other hot air balloons. Wow. So they're tear-shaped and they are as far as the eye can see. The way that you described all the detail, like, felt like I could see. That's never happened in a long, long time. Being with you all the time has made me have to acknowledge my inclination to be solitary or not to open up or to be t- mistrusting of people or to think, what could possibly, why would you talk to the man in the coffee shop? And then you have this incredible experience right in front of my eyes and I realise what I'm shutting myself off from. There's nothing to be afraid of there. So that's Entering from 1993 by Catherine Boucher Boyg. You can see it online at www.crawfordartgallery.ie forward slash work of the week. And as always, begin your own voyage into the world of art. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.